0: This is Melanie Ake. Today on Everyday Leaders you'll meet Elizabeth Beals who discovered her voice through teaching her children about financial literacy. Today she shares the launch of Penny Savers Money Adventure, a journey to help you and your family invest in their futures together. There are many people to thank for the visibility of the Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 new Airstream mobile podcast studio. Christie's Design & Sign, located in Greenwood, Indiana, is one of the companies. We chose to include Christie to help us create the right messaging and visibility for our new mobile studio. Christie's Design & Sign can help you with your graphic and messaging needs for many projects. If you want a company that goes above and beyond for your business needs, Choose Christie's Design and Sign. I'm really excited to share what's happening at Everyday Leaders. Go to everydayleaders.com. Subscribe to my website where you can learn strategies to become a leader in your own life. On the everydayleaders.com podcast page, you can connect to the guest of the 2019 Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 Leadership Summit. And listen to your favorite episodes of the Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 podcast. Now, if you're ready to take the next step and become a leader in your own life, go to my Everyday Leaders store. Select the life strategies courses, corporate strategy workshops, or even personal coaching. Go to everydayleaders.com. Subscribe and keep up to date on all of our programs and valuable leadership lessons. Welcome to Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 podcast. Elizabeth Beals, thanks for coming on the program. Hi. Hi. Okay, so I take people back. I'm used to calling you for many years saying, I need help with this contract pricing. (laughs) (laughs) Because we worked in a company together where you were on the phones helping all of us try to figure out... What would be our pricing and how to get contracts? And you have changed your life quite a bit since, since those good old days, haven't you?
1: Yes, I am um, recently out of corporate America and doing a few uh, writing opportunities and working on taxes and just kind of going down a different
0: pathway. Oh my, my gosh, it's all about finding our purpose and and I knew the second that I you call somebody when you have internal customer service and internal branches of people that you've got to make a relationship with we were one of those teams that like, I know I can call Elizabeth, she's gonna help me out of this. <laughs> because you you just took care of us, you know, you just really made the effort to say, I know that you guys are struggling out in the field and I know how hard that is, and just call me and I'll fix it for you. And so um you've just been a great resource and a great friend and insightful person all these years. And so now I love celebrating you because you're taking your life to the next level. And um, thank and you. Yeah, so people that, first of all, if you're listening to this and you have any ability to look up Elizabeth Beals, go on Facebook, go on on social media, she is exploding, and we're gonna tell you about all the things that are happening and how she's gonna be able to connect to you even more here uh, in in the world. So, okay, take a deep breath. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> so you're in North Carolina. You're in close to Winston-Salem, yes. right? Where are you exactly?
1: Yes, so I am in Winston-Salem mm-hmm. and I live in a small town called R- Rural Hall, and it's about mm, probably about five, ten minutes from from the big city of Winston-Salem.
0: The big city the big city of Winston-Salem. People that have been there, you know, you, you, we used to fly into the Greensboro Airport and we would say, how long is it going to be till we get to Winston-Salem? <laughs> you know, it's kind of one yes. of those things that if you've not been down to North Carolina, it's the hills, it's the mountains, it's all the things that you kind of are around you. And you say, oh, there it is. And it's such a beautiful little city. It's gorgeous.
1: It is. It's really um, growing now. Um, they are re- revitalizing the downtown area, trying to bring in um, more things to do for the younger professionals and um, transition from a tobacco based community into more financial and um, biomed focus and medical focus to replace the loss of the manufacturing in the tobacco industry mm-hmm. over the years.
0: Well, and so you it's know it's really
1: interesting to watch.
0: Well, and maybe for millennials, right, or other people that may not know tobacco industry, Winston Salem was such a big name for so many years and it really took, yeah. it really the development, you know, everybody says like how how changes mm-hmm. in the culture happen and it is by manufacturing. And so mm-hmm. um for us, what did Cook used to be? It was a Sara Lee, um, wasn't it a Sara Lee plant where Cook endoscopy is down in Winston-Salem? And you think of so many of these things that are changing. And so when you mm-hmm. think about what the opportunities are, you know, for people today, it is, it's biotech, it's uh, it's medical, it's engineering, it's, you know, still banking, but things are growing and changing so much. Like when you start to discover, hey, I've been here for so long and now I'm being inspired to go do other things, to experience other things. And and so with you being where you are and the things that I can't wait for you to share, but you've been inspired to kind of change from being in a corporate world to do things, be an entrepreneur. And and I want you to talk about for my listeners the experiences that have inspired you from family to um, inspiring children and then how you decided to start this journey. Because it's not easy. It's really scary. But how did you decide to start mm-hmm. this journey?
1: Well, I'll be honest, Melanie. Um, it's, like you said, it's really scary and it's not something um, someone can do overnight. And it's, it's really been... Um, a dream of mine for a while, especially um, you know over eleven years ago, my daughter uh, was born and I became a mother. and it was um, you know an interesting change of events going you know from being a, a corporate professional and also having to think about um, another life and take care of that person. and then also, once they reach school age, um, my daughter and my son, I started having to realize, you know, the conversations that we need to have with them, and where those, what types of things do I need to teach and enforce, and um, you know, help coach them, and to make them a a really good person in the world, and being responsible for not only myself but also for new life and and new people, and, and trying to prepare them for the world. That's something, you know, it's a big undertaking and just with technology the way it is today and realizing the differences even from when I was growing up to what they experience and the the information that they have available to them through the internet or um, whatever they receive in school. For example, they have iPads in school uh, and they can look at the iPads and pretty much look up anything that they desire. Mm -hmm. And with that thought process, of course, uh, debit cards and credit cards and the plastic that we carry every day, I began to realize, you know, things have really changed dramatically in all areas. And one thing that are some of the more basic conversations that we uh, deal with on a day-to-day basis, such as money, or such as financial literacy, I began to realize some of those little things that we've taken for granted. Uh, for me, being born kind of um, in the, in the middle years between the change of no technology to the birth of the internet, I've kind of had my foot in both piece It's both areas, mm-hmm. so I've seen life before internet, life after internet, and they haven't seen or experience that. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's really challenging to realize that some things that I was taught in school, they're not being taught in school or there's a different approach Mm -hmm. of how they're being uh, educated. And so with all those things and just watching the evolution and watching um, Mm -hmm. some of the things I think are important to raise my children, understand kind of fall by the wayside. I mean, for example, not really related to money, but cursive writing. It's kind of related to money because you have to know how to write your signature in order to sign a check. Mm-hmm. But is one day, will checks be obsolete completely one day, you know, because so you kind of start thinking about all of these different things. Um, when, when you go down the path of basic concepts or basic topics that you want to educate your child on or engage your children about understanding. Mm-hmm. And so, um, that was kind of what the birth of the book when my son, he came to me where he noticed I was paying with the card and he basically said, mommy, he said, you know, how, how are you paying with the card? Cause conceptually he was Thinking, oh, if I just could get my hands on a card, <laughs> then I could just buy whatever I want to buy. Any time, you know, how, how is that one piece of plastic? It's a magic piece of plastic, right? Mm-hmm. And you could see his eyes just fill with with. Um, it was glazing over with excitement, you know, if I could get my hands on a piece of plastic. And so I th- had to explain to him the concept of money. Mm. And I just began to realize through different conversations with my kids, you know, this is something, this is really something we need to, to pay attention to. Mm. And, uh, you know, I just was really realizing that the curriculum in our public education system. I'm not knocking the public education system at all. I know they have a lot to do and accomplish on a day to day basis, but I I because I find it's my responsibility, I have to supplement what they're being taught. And so I started to look for tools in in order to help supplement. And there just wasn't anything out there to in the way that I wanted to have a conversation with my children about about financial concepts and conversation around money and respecting it so that's kind of how it all came to fruition isn't
0: that funny it's always a solution that comes out of something that you go well why isn't this here or what if right what if we could and what if i did and what if i could help right and but many Uh people say um, and I gotta say, I gotta stop saying, but cause I've been training on this on our morning devotional. <laughs> it's like, don't say, but <laughs> so, and right. And <laughs> the girls will be laughing and you have to do something about it. You have to say, "Yeah, okay, if all things were possible, what are the things that I could just do one thing? What one thing could I do to change this, Right. to increase their knowledge, mm-hmm. to increase their awareness. And so. I know you think like this. So when you started thinking about that, what did you do first? Did you journal? Did you go to the library? What, what was the strategy that you started to use?
1: So the strategy, I drew my characters because I'm a very visual learner person. And I was on a um, corporate business trip and on the plane. And had some time, and I just started to draw the characters and and really envision uh, who would make up the the story itself. In order to build the story, uh, I wanted to visualize kind of the basic parameters on the outside of the story, or or kind of a outline, so to speak. And got to thinking about it and and wrote it down and went to my meeting and a few months passed and tucked that away. And I forgot all about it. And several months passed, a couple of years passed and I was doing some spring cleaning and I pulled those uh, papers out that I found, rediscovered them. And I thought, Oh, I need to really get back to thinking about this. And you know, trying to figure out what that story will look like. And then my kids are a little bit older at that point, and I started to talk with them about it. And I, instead of telling them stories that I read from a book, I started making up stories, kind of playing around with the characters a little bit and just making up random stories about Penny Saver going to a grocery store. And I don't really remember exactly how the different stories went, but they would be different every night and they just sat there and listened to them and I thought, hmm, I might be on to something mm-hmm. and so then I started to do a little bit more research and try to figure out how I, what did I want a children's book to say how did I want it to share the message and and I, you know, we had books around the house, so I went to the bookstores and I went to the libraries and I wanted to see am I missing something? Has something else popped up in the market in this time frame where I've not been involved, you know, with this thought and something is already out there? So I started speaking on the internet and uh, I would uh, put in Penny Saver and different things that are about my characters and talk about. and pull up money, keywords and on the internet search. And I still didn't see anything. So I thought, well, maybe this is truly my idea to burst into the world. Because it just kept nagging at me, you know, in the back of my mind. I was like, it was calling to me. It was saying, you know, you really need to do something about this. And I'm like busy in my job, busy in corporate America, being a mom, being a wife, and all these things you can imagine going along with all those roles and responsibilities. I kept saying to myself, oh, I don't have time for that. I don't have time for that. Right. Mm-hmm. And started to really travel a lot more as my job. And I found myself in a hotel room alone at night. You know, of course I'd FaceTime with the kids and, and do all that stuff. And I had some extra time. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to use my time more wisely and sit here and, um, create this book and really start to investigate, what I want to do here. So I just started writing some things down, um, researching some more on the internet, uh, wrote all my characters out, did some research on actually writing a book
0: and went down that path and exploring. Well, how did you start writing? That's the thing. So people are going to find out a lot more about you in this, but, and, 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 and how, you, you know, So, okay, you have some extra time. You're sitting in a hotel room like many people can identify with. Yeah, I called my kids. I called my husband. I did the work that I have to do for work for tomorrow's meeting. And you have time to research how you're going to write a book. Now, seriously, how did you even start that? Because a lot of people would say, I don't have time to do that.
1: I literally just, you know, opened up my computer and started Typing in how to write a book. Mm-hmm. I just, and it took me down different paths and uh, read articles. And um, I went to N- Nicholas Sparks' webpage mm-hmm. because I, he's one of my favorite authors. And he had some advice on there on, on framing up a book. And I knew I wasn't going to write a novel. I was wanting to do a, a children's book. So then I started to investigate. How to write a children's book, and so I wrote. I typed in "How do you write a children's book," mm-hmm. and then I started to explore the resources that I already had, such as LinkedIn and joining some groups, writers' blogs, um, writers' groups that were out there, and joined groups on Facebook um, to to see what other people were doing in that space, mm-hmm. in the children's space, and how. I just followed people for a while and and watched cuz on some of the Facebook groups they would they would talk about how they went about their process and they would sit down at the desk and write and and actually write their story, write their draft, and frame it up and then revise it. So, I was really in the beginning stages and I had no idea about publishing and and honestly it was it it was very overwhelming Mm -hmm. to me just Mm -hmm. to think about doing it and um so again I kind of closed the book put that over to the side and forgot about it for a little while and just followed people on Facebook and on LinkedIn and researched it here and there and my son one afternoon came home from school and he told me mommy we wrote a book today in school For a class <laughs> I was like You're kidding me You know And here it is again in my face You know, <laughs> writing a book And I was like, oh, curious I said, oh, how? Okay, how did you go about writing a book? Because they did it in class that day And here I am <laughs> Pulling my hair out trying, Getting overwhelmed with the whole concept mm-hmm. And researching all this stuff, joining these LinkedIn groups, going about this whole long drawn-out process. So you know me, Melanie, mm-hmm. very analytical-minded, being an accounting major, so I'm very detail-oriented, and I want to do things the right way, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm looking at him, and I'm thinking, you wrote a book in a day. Hmm, okay, right. tell me more. <laughs> so he's like, this cool website we went to—it's called StoryJumper.com. Mm-hmm. You really need to do that. You need to write that penny saver book. I mean, the whole time he's oh, been my cheerleader—the whole time mm-hmm. And he's saying, "Mommy, you really need to do this." Because, you know, of course, I told him the stories, and they—they were always really excited, and they wanted. I was telling them, "Oh, mommy's gonna write a book," and you know, they're like looking at me like, "Okay, you know, yay, that's exciting. Do it, you know," and. He was like, you know, mommy, this is this is how you can write your book. You can write it in one day. I was like, no, <laughs> you <don't."> like not <laughs> my book. <laughs> <laughs> wow, but it's got to be this way. It's got to be. Mm. I let fear kind of creep in on my idea, on my dream for a long time, and debilitate me from actually doing it and literally after he told me about this website saturday night that saturday night sat down and i wrote my book on story jumper oh my
0: god see here's the lesson here's the lesson in this as i listen to you is sometimes <laughs> our audience is the one that tells us what to do next yeah that's crazy is. that is so
1: crazy yeah. I mean, I started it at 7 o'clock that night and finished at maybe midnight or 1 o'clock that morning. Wow. I I just sat down, opened up Story Jumper, but started, you know, doing it, made it, and I already had the characters, I already kind of had the general concept. I told the stories. I pretty much, I had to get over the fear Mm -hmm. of doing it Mm -hmm. and just sit down and have a channel or an avenue to do it, I think that's really a lesson not only in just finance but in general life. How many times does fear hold us back from doing what we dream to do?
0: Well, and been right? having an analytical brain like that has such a strength. We think about how do we use our strengths, and then how do we protect mm-hmm. ourselves with those strengths, right? And so mm-hmm. you use mm-hmm. those, and you use those in a career, and you're you're very great. You know, you're great at it, and so it really helps a company. Do the things that they need to do in that space, and then when you bring it into yeah. your home life, you go, "Oh, well, I have to analyze because that's what I do. That's that's the right. brand that I have. I have to analyze this. I can't just jump into something, right?" Yes. And so your son gave and you let permission. It flow
1: naturally, yeah. Your yes. son said, "Come on, mom, do this."
0: How cool yeah. is that? I know. I
1: know. The- I mean, he was. He was probably. I don't know, seven at the time. Mm-hmm. So I'm taking advice from my seven-year-old.
0: <laughs> no, but, you know, inspiration comes all around us. We just have to be open to it. it. And, and if it would have yeah. been just a kid in a class or somebody on the street or somebody at a workshop that you would have seen, you wouldn't have given it two thoughts, really. But no. now that your son's mm-hmm. like, Mom, I did this, come on, you can do it too.
1: Right, right.
0: That's such an awesome story. So you, so you're writing this book. I didn't mean to stop you, but I, so many lessons in this, you know, that we mm-hmm. really just need to stop and look at our lives and say, okay, what do I really do great at this time of the day? And then how do I use that maybe against myself in this different part of my life? Cause that's what happens. We, we turn and we think, okay, we have to have balance. So maybe, you know, we have to change and and what I'm learning about leadership and self-leadership is when you stay in your strength zone, you can fly, you can just accomplish mm-hmm. so much, putting yourself in the right environments and the right people. And think about that, the lesson that you learned in releasing that fear and just stepping into it. Mm-hmm. And so, so now you have your book, you have it thought out, you've got your characters, what happens next?
1: Well, what happens next? Um, it's funny. I've already started um, writing the the two books that are next in the series, and I've launched it and published it, uh, marketing it, and I really want to sell by the end of February twenty twenty. I've set myself a goal to sell nine thousand copies because what this will do, It'll help me build the capital that I need in order to take the next phase of being able to invest in the rest of the series, first of all. And then second of all, I have the doll that I've created and I need to manufacture. So I'll, I'll be applying that that um, profit to leading into the next, the, the workbooks, the the books that I want to write and other pieces and aspects of the entire, I guess, packet or, or program that I'm trying to build around the penny saver. Um, I'm drawing a blank around the penny saver concept and what she brings to the table.
0: So, so Penny, so how, what inspired you? Who is Penny?
1: So, when I was thinking about characters and thinking about the conversation I wanted to, it was kind of a play on words, thinking about saving money. Mm-hmm. And I wanted the characters to be around the concept of saving money. And so I thought Penny would be a good first name mm-hmm. for her because it was going to be a female. I felt like it was something that was relatable um for both girls and boys to have a strong female character in my book who was bringing this idea to the world about being um, financially conscious and having those conversations. And I'm not going to say that it really was like Dora, but, you know, I kind of was inspired by a lot of the children's shows that my cartoons, my children, Watched growing up, and when they were younger, and I thought, well, I really want to have a strong female character, and that's basically, you know, I wanted Penny Saver to be her full name because of saving money. Basically, was what it comes down to. Well, and
0: and it's that nurturing, you know, it's the it's the I am helping you achieve something, and I want to make it fun and and relatable. Mm-hmm, and so. Mm-hmm. It's so great. I mean, I I know you've been showing it on social media, but I think the concept of this, the name of it, how did you, did that just kind of come to you? Because a lot of people will say, oh, I struggle with a brand or I'm struggling with a story or it's hard, right? And and it seems like when you just talk about this, oh, this was just kind of the process and and you always had thought about it. And so when you decided that there was a solution that you could help with, that it just all kind of came clear. It just all started to come clear.
1: Yeah, it it did. Um, so originally it was Penny Saper's lemonade stand, and I thought, and then and, and that is actually a part of the series, in the in the next one. But I didn't want to start with making money necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to make the first book more of just like the title says, an adventure, Mm -hmm. to open up the concept um, to people and have it because I feel like, you know, children need to experience money in a fun way to really be engaged in the way that they need to. It doesn't need to be that mundane adult topic Mm -hmm. that we, you know, it's you go to work, you make money, you spend it, you pay your bills. I didn't want it to feel like that, right? Well, it's and, like you're
0: creating connection before you teach right. them about the value. Of, it's kind of like sales, right? The power of connection yeah. before you ask mm-hmm. for and worry about what it's going to cost. You know, that right. value. So what What a great lesson. Right. So this book is actually for adults, too.
1: I've had a lot of people say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I've had a lot of people um tell me that I needed to explore uh, addressing money in a fun way for adults. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm certainly looking at doing different things around that line later on, but I I do have the goal of trying (laughs) to get, get her concept going and, um, you know, in a perfect world, I'd have, I have a team of people who just kind of, you know, like in corporate America, you can just call a department and you can have them. That's that's kind of the unique part of being an entrepreneur because we are all those departments now. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and, um, so yes, I definitely, uh, think, I just think it's a great way for people to connect, um, the generations. I mean, you don't necessarily have to be a parent, uh, to connect with people. I mean, you can, you can have a niece or a nephew or, um, I mean, I'm sure everyone knows a younger child in their life and someone that they can, you know, that they uh, are a mentor to or uh, they help inspire uh, growing up. And so what a great way to say, you know, I want to be a leader for this child and and help them learn about finance and how to be more savvy with your finances and and it's a fun way to have that conversation. It's kind of like the birds and the bees talk, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you just want to um, you want to be able to kind of be a little bit lighthearted about it, as opposed to digging into the gruesome details immediately.
0: So, what so. what kind of things do you teach your kids? You know, when you think about what inspired you to write this, but the things that you may you know the choices that when you talk to your kids about you know, um, being able to save versus spend and the trade-offs for that in the future, you know, what what capacity, what ages do they start kind of absorbing that?
1: So I've always been, um, I've always treated my children as though, not necessarily as an equal, but I've had very older conversations, not necessarily on the adult level per se, but I've not felt like I needed to break it down to a certain level. Mm -hmm. So in other words, I would talk to them as they're an adult and and, and not say, and I I mean, baby talk here and there, but I've always been really open, you know, well, you're going to have a dollar and we would talk about how much something would cost and, you know, apply the, 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 Counting of the money right there, so they could visualize some of those things and and, and break away from the concept of everything's on the debit card mm-hmm. or it's virtual, and try to make it more tangible for them, so that they were starting. It was more about respect mm-hmm. and trying to have them build a respect for money and finances, and that ultimately really leads to a respect for themselves. Um, because, you know, if you're respecting money and you're saving money, then, you know, it helps you to be able to do things that you want to do later on in life. Mm -hmm. And, um, that's such an interesting and important concept, you know, in all different ways. And I think being able to have these open conversations has allowed them to come to me in, in more difficult, difficult cons, uh, topics. For example, last year, we had a really big problem with my son, um, being bullied at school. Mm. And, um, you know, he was just always really comfortable coming to my husband and I and, and talking with us because we just have always been, um, both my husband and I've just been really, just open about different things and, and try to sit down with them, look them in the eye, turn the TV off, you know, turn the phones off, get a break away from the electronics and sit down and have that conversation. And, uh, you know, it's not really, it's, it's kind of basic. Actually, I wish I had a, a secret formula, but I mean, it's, it's just really just kind of bringing it back to the basics. And, and that's, that's what I'm trying to do with Penny Saver is, is, is make it feel comfortable so somebody can sit down and have a very basic conversation and have a fun conversation in everyday life, like going to the grocery store or even going to the gas station and just kind of slipping in here and there, you know, some of those everyday topics um, in a fun way. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I think about, you know, what this may do is I say adults because, you know, adults sometimes don't have the right Process to be able to talk to kids about things that are difficult mm-hmm. because they may not mm-hmm. feel like they're successful. And many times, right. you know, what we learn is until we're successful and then we can pass that down or, or saying, like, okay, we've reached success. How do we create significance? Which is what you're trying to do and saying, hey, we need to leave a legacy about this. Our kids, it's important for kids to understand finances. And if they don't understand choices, then they're not going to be able to use what they've earned and contribute anything to the world because they're just going to be surviving. And that's right. a really scary place, right? Mm-hmm. That's oh, yeah. a really Definitely. scary place. And, and this is all about choices because, again, many people without having the knowledge, if you don't pick up a book and read it, if you don't do the research, if you don't understand that you can learn or here I go to Dave Ramsey, but you know, if anybody's ever taken Dave Ramsey's class, you're with me on this. You can close Mm -hmm. your eyes and see that envelope and say, okay, you have a hundred dollars for everything this week. What are you going to spend it on? You know, what comes first? What do you have to give up? What do you trade off? How are you going to go out and make another hundred dollars? So you can put that extra in your wallet, you know, and Mm -hmm. it's just that kind of a concept, but now bringing it down to how it can be teachable the next generation, I think that's key because yes. I, I want to ask you about this, what your concept is on millennials versus, you know, the generation before the millennials, whatever they're called. I don't know, X or G or Y, <laughs> but you know, what's <laughs> funny is they, um, their concept on money, what do you think they're learning? Cause they're above your kid's age but when you think about and when you think about millennials right not but and when you think about millennials the concept of how they work and and you know what we hear anyway from leaders that like Simon Sinek and those that are talking about millennials they change their work jobs and their and their culture so much and their environments they're not afraid to make those changes they're, most of them you know are in open workspaces They're not thinking about 30 years at one organization, you know, a 401K, all this kind of stuff that we would think normally would stabilize your future. Right. So what are your thoughts on that?
1: I don't, I mean, I find them very interesting. And I have read a lot about millennials because I think they're onto something. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that they're necessarily wrong in the way they're they're going about it i think i think they're bringing light to change mm. and things need to change in order for us to grow in our society and move forward we are going to have to adopt some of the millennials way of thinking and i think that there is a probably a blend of different things um for example uh millennials are not buying houses like the typical like the baby boomer uh, generation Mm -hmm. and um, they're, they're choosing to rent a house. Now (laughs) I sit in the middle of the, of the two generations. And so me, I'm mind blown by that concept because I did buy a house and I'm bought into that concept. But if I take a step back and I think, you know, maybe what if I invested that money differently and I was able to do something a little bit differently because our world is going to change or evolve in a new way that I need to be open to accepting this new evolution and not stuck on, oh, well, I have to buy a house because I've always been told this is the way that I need, need to go. Like security. I think
0: you know, that's what I think about. Well, money gives right. you, makes you feel anyway. Money makes you feel secure. When you're living in a world where things are good, your investments are growing, you can see your interest rising, you know, you think that's a really good thing. And so you try to position it, you know, the world, the culture around you, it's that, um, you know, that law of attraction. When things are going great, everybody's in a better mood and you think of yourself better and you think you're achieving more. And then when society changes and you're not prepared for it, your stocks crash, the depression happens, yeah. right? You don't have enough security. So you feel like a failure. And so what I, what I think you're trying to teach through all of this is to have that security yourself and, and maybe cause the world is changing and your kids aren't going to maybe make the same types of decisions that we've
1: made. Agreed. Yes. I think there's definitely something to be said. Um, especially something for us to look at from the generation where they had to go through the depression. I think we definitely need to respect what they experienced because they had, they lived through, you know, not having, not knowing if they're going to eat pretty much sometimes the next day. And they saved everything. I mean, when we cleaned out my grandparents, basement, you know, we, we would find tiny pieces of string that they tied together and they wrapped into a ball. But, and people will laugh at that, but I look at it, you know, we need to have a respect for an appreciation for what they experience, mm-hmm. where the millennial generation hasn't, fortunately they have not had to experience something of that nature. And so they have a little less fear associated with the whole security they're a little bit more I guess flowy about you know they're they're like open to other things mm-hmm. because they don't they they see good they see the growth they see the technology age everything's booming everything's great but like you just mentioned I mean what if there is that what if you know, kind of I think in a lot of people's minds if if everything crashes, you know, do I have that security blanket to fall back on? So I think there is a, there there's room for an education around how can we blend some of these concepts without bringing in the fear that was surrounding the generation of the depression, mm-hmm.
0: right, because that's how we learn from our grandparents or our you know older parents. Right or older siblings, yeah. you know, that said, well, we heard stories about. And I think the millennials are so far removed from that that you're right. right. There isn't this um, in-your-face You know, you should buy a car, you should own a car because you may not be able to achieve it if you can't have, if you don't have money, if you may not be able to get a loan or credit established. I I think I just see a generation that doesn't really care about the things that we were exposed to and and that we were influenced by. And so it's really interesting the culture, what you're trying to do. And I think why it's so great in celebrating you on this is because if you can teach the foundation and the basics, because people are going to have kids <laughs> and, and kids yep. need to be influenced on learning to how to assess, right, when they get money and more than just credit cards, more than just plastic. But if they have real money in their hands and they can understand what choices to make around that, you know, they're going to be a lot stronger when things come at them and they don't have to be fearful.
1: Mhm. Exactly.
0: Yep oh man I can't wait to get this book in my hands (laughs) (laughs) this is gonna be awesome and I know so you you say you have the doll concept coming so being able to raise money to do these next projects so 9,000 books you want to sell by 2020 so February 2020 right yes Uh, and um and so when we go to your website that you're going to leave us a link for, we're going to be able to, to go on there and really encourage people here these next six, seven weeks to get online, to get these books for Christmas gifts, to be able to, um, you know, share these for the new year and and really help you out with this. Because the, the next series, plus the doll, plus all the other things that uh, I'm going to bring you back because I know you've got a lot more to share about other projects that you're working on. And that'll be really awesome to talk about and, uh, and celebrate your success because entrepreneurship is not easy and you have to inside say, what are the strengths that I've had in my life that I've identified? And, and I, you know, as I opened up the show, you were our analyst, you were the one to give us all the answers. And so you finally decided, <laughs> that's why I'm so proud of you. You finally decided i I am strong. I have a voice. I have something I want to say. I want to have something that I want to do to make a bigger impact. And you're doing it. So congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So awesome. So it's, I, um, it's
1: been fun It's yeah. exciting to <laughs> birth something new.
0: <laughs> birth something new. Exactly. And I know, you know, this is going to be released after, but you are getting ready to have some book signings and some launches so people can connect to you in the communities And uh, so what I'd like to do is um, have all of those tags with this as we push this out and promote it and and so people can keep track on you. Now, where's a website? What's Facebook? What are all the social links that people can find you?
1: Okay, so right now I have LinkedIn and I have uh, Facebook. I am currently working on my author page and should have that finalized in. Um, January, but I do have the Amazon link um, for the book for Penny Saver to, to purchase there. Uh, I've requested a lot of people, if you will, once you receive the book, to leave comments on the Amazon site. It's a free way to really build my reputation around the book and the the concept around the book, and and help other people who who might be shopping for something um, along these lines on this concept to feel comfortable making the purchase. Cause I know, you know, we want to be cautious on what we buy for our children um, and, and discuss with them and, and why do I want to buy it? So a, a comment really goes a long way. Feedback really goes a long way, I believe. And it's a free way to really help me out. Um, I'll certainly post my link for Facebook and LinkedIn down there and you guys can connect with me and I will send you my website once I have everything finalized.
0: that's awesome oh Elizabeth I'm so proud of you congratulations Thank congratulations, you. congratulations. Yep. Yeah, the next decade is going to be yours you're going to own it
1: I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Well, truly, Melanie, it's it's people like you that we've built relationships, you know, with each other over the years, and I think um, there's something to be said, you know, to those types of relationships. Building them, you know, being coworkers with one another, but taking the time to really get to know people um, as a person, not just as a coworker. That that speaks volumes in mm-hmm. connection mm-hmm. and being able to to do these things really. I mean, you inspire me and motivate me to do things that I wouldn't normally do, such as going Facebook Live and, and doing those things. So thank you <laughs> for everything that you've done. I love it. You're welcome. Yeah,
0: My husband would say, you are definitely a pusher. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you know, that's good. <laughs> oh, my
0: gosh. Well, you know what? But But I think what's great about that, and when you say that, It's natural for people to connect to people at work that they trust, you know, that they have a relationship with. You're able to do something or help customers in a way that you really see the value. You're like, okay, if we can get Mm -hmm. this done, this will make everybody's life easier. And I think if you connect to somebody in a work environment that you can appreciate, you know exactly who to call to get it done, why it needs to get done quickly, and you just have impact with with your customers. And, And so- it makes it fun. You know, you like to come to work and you like to pick up that phone and make that make that call. But um, but so many times and so many times. See, here we go again. And so many times. <laughs> it's not easy. If you're going into a new work environment, you think, well, I, I don't know who to call or, or will they help me? Or are you really bought into your job if you don't know it and you're afraid? Right. And so I, I just right. I guess the encouraging line for this is. If you are in a career or a new job or even an old job and there's somebody that you haven't reached out to to make a connection internally in your workforce, figure out a way to make that happen. Because it can make your life so much easier and you can have a lot more fun doing what you do every day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Definitely. I mean, why
1: can't work be fun? And you never know where your life will lead you down the road. I mean, That's right. you build, like you say, building connections for life and making connections for life, it's, it's, it's true. true. It I mean, you true.
0: have to do it. It is true. My campaign, girl. Oh, I know. well, I'm so glad. 2003, I think, is when I met you when I started in that job. And so here we go. It's 16 years. And that, that
1: was when we were in kindergarten, right? Oh, my gosh. I, you know, I
0: just look back and go, can that absolutely be that long? But it has been. So, you know, that's exactly right. You never know where your life is going to end up and how you're going to keep connected and, and how you can influence yes. and inspire the world together. So... I love you, girl. Thank yeah. you for being a part of my life.
1: Love you. No, thank you. Thank you so much. This is awesome.
0: All right. Everybody, connect to Elizabeth Beals, Penny Savers. Get the book. Let's help her get to this goal before February of 2020. So, thank you,
1: Beth. Thank you. Hi,
0: I'm Melanie Ake with Everyday Leaders. I wanted to invite you to join my leadership class. It's Life Strategies 101, where I'm going to take you through the everyday 15 laws of growth. It's an amazing journey. It's 15 weeks with me as your personal coach. Join me, everydayleaders.com, and sign up today.